I'm Angel, passionate birth worker and podcast host of the Birth Rebel Podcast. I'm bringing you a blend of heart, soul, and a bit of controversy. Join me on my podcast where I dive fearlessly into thought-provoking discussions about the most controversial topics in pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, and postpartum. I'm unmasking the truths. I'm challenging norms and sparking conversations that matter. Let's celebrate the beauty of the perinatal space while fearlessly confronting the tough questions together. Tune in for guest interviews from health professionals leading the charge into changing the perinatal space and my own expertise in diverse topics. All right, Birth Rebel, let's jump into it. Hello, everyone. It's Angel, your host of the Birth Cafe podcast, and welcome to another episode. So today I am still currently pregnant and I am waiting on baby number six. Uh, my due date is actually this week, but I think due dates are a bunch of baloney, so who cares? <laughs> um, they said that it could possibly be a specific date because who knows? Baby comes when baby says that baby needs to come. Um, of course, I could probably also go into how there is a mental aspect to when babies are coming and also when you know, mom feels physically safe and comfortable, but that is a topic for another episode. And today I actually wanted to talk about my birth plan for baby number six. So I have had five other babies. And so this one's number six. She is going to be my third vaginal birth after two C-sections. So that's really, really exciting. Something else that's super new about this birth is that it'll be my first home birth. So I had my other kids in the hospital. And so this time, this is going to be the first time I've personally had a home birth. I've attended other home births, but this will be my first one personally. So I'm really excited about that. And so I wanted to, before I had my baby, just go into my birth plan for baby number six and then come back later and share with you guys my birth story. So in saying that, (laughs) I am really excited for baby number six, and I absolutely cannot wait to meet her. Um, My kids are very, very excited, and I just wanted to talk about some of the things that I wanted to do for my birth. Some of these things I haven't gotten to do with my other babies, and so I am really hoping and trying to make sure that happens this time, but also kind of just walk you through the process of birth planning in general. Uh, I go through birth planning with a lot of my doula clients, and so just kind of giving you a sneak peek in how I I actually do that. (laughs) All right, so getting right into it. So again, my plan is to have a home birth. My birth team includes my midwife. I have, I will have two midwife assistants and then I'll have my doula there. My fiance will also be there. And then my kids are also going to be there as well. So full house for sure. (laughs) Um, a little bit of how I'm planning this birth. Um, 
really, I'm kind of not, I, I'm not really thinking that I want anything in particular. So I know some people are just like, oh, I want to have a water birth or, you know, I want to have this specific music. I am really good with the flow. I just want to do whatever feels right in the moment um, in my, you know, as I'm laboring and follow that intuition. Uh, I encourage my clients to also follow their intuition as well. So if I feel like playing music in the moment, we'll play some music. If I feel like showering, we will go to the shower. If I want to get in the tub, I will get in the tub. Uh, so I'm not holding too too much on specific things, just really kind of going with the flow. Um, so with this birth, I like to kind of divide it into like my non-negotiables and then things that are like nice to have. <laughs> so my non-negotiables are like those things that I really want to happen and um, I'm going to try very hard to make sure that it does happen. Um, and then the nice to hazard things like could go to, if everything goes as planned, this is what I want to happen. So I kind of like to talk about that with my clients too. Um, I, I, I like to ask them like, okay, so what would be the things that would make this birth a very positive experience? Um, and what are things that if it happened would make it a very negative experience? So I'm kind of taking that approach on, on this. Um, so with my non-negotiables, I really am hoping to do skin to skin with zero separation. Uh, so this actually comes from Dr. Niels Bergman's work on kangaroo care. And he talks a lot about skin to skin. Uh, this also comes from the information about my, the microbiome and how skin to skin is really important part of developing your baby's immune system. So not only is skin to skin super important for baby's immune system in Dr. Neil Bergman's work, Dr. Neil Bergman's work, uh, he also talks about how it actually um, wires the baby's brain for social and emotional skills, um, bonding with mom, and developing that intuitive mom sense, essentially, for, for mom and baby. So that is one of those like non-negotiables. If I, I really don't want baby separated from me, I actually want, if there is a need to do any resuscitation, that it is done on me skin to skin. And it, it can be done. Um, it's not done often, even though it should be. And even in the World Health Organization has been bringing to light the importance of doing immediate skin to skin care and not separating the baby at all and not going to the warmer at all. Um, in fact, they have released a, a variety of different articles on this. Um, some of them as recent as a couple months ago, um, and then some of them, some of it as recent as a couple of years ago. And a lot of this is in contribution of Dr. Niels Bergman's work. And if you guys haven't already, you guys can check out my skin to skin series where I talk more about this. But in one of the uh, uh, articles that who published, they actually talked about how, you know, 
immediate skin to skin is actually improving and saving lives. And I'll put that in the show notes so you guys can check that out. But one of the quotes from their article says that the results of a new clinical trial published today in the New England Journal of Medicine shows that immediate kangaroo mother care with involved skin-to-skin contact with a mother and exclusive breastfeeding started as soon as preterm or low birth weight babies is born dramatically improves survival. So if immediate kangaroo mother care, so immediate skin-to-skin with zero separation, we're not going to the warmer, if that improves the survival of premature and uh, low birth weight babies, um, we would think that it's just as important for even full-term babies. Um, Something else that I really found um, interesting and uh, fascinating is uh, a little bit about Dr. Neal's work. And he talks a lot about, you know, the first thousand seconds um, after birth and how that affects baby, um, their brain, things like that. So, Um, I'm going to also link this article to the show notes, Um, but I'm going to read a little bit from this article and it's called, how long does it take to wire a newborn baby's brain? Um, And so let's talk about the neuroscience 101. Um, So according to Dr. Bergman's fundamental connections start being made within the first hour after birth including the baby's emotional brain, which I want to talk about. We talk about the golden hour a lot, right? Um, You'll be surprised to know that actually it is not just the first hour where a lot of the important connections in the baby's brain needs to happen. But let's talk about the first hour and the first thousand seconds. Um, So the made within the first hour after birth, including the baby's emotional brain, called the amygdala. So connecting with the baby's social brain, the orbital frontal cortex, in the first thousand seconds. And a quote from Dr. Bergman says, um, the fundamental, most important first thing the brain has to do is to connect to the, the emotional brain. It's called the amygdala with the social brain. It's right here in front, right above the eyes. Here is the emotional social connection, and this connects and this is connected at at birth in the first hour in the first thousand seconds and so the next question is how long does it take it to wire a baby's brain um and it he says that it takes six hours to connect the baby's brain not the one hour of the baby friendly golden hour rule okay um he also talks about how the mother's brain has to be rewired at immediately after birth so that the mother's brain and the baby's brain can become synchronized as one unit. And according to Dr. Bergman and the mother's brain, you need to connect the cortisol center and you also need to connect the prolactin center, which prolactin is one of the hormones um, that is needed to develop breast, uh, to release breast milk um, and help calm mom after birth. And And he also says that you also need to connect some endorphins. So that's a lot of investment in making a mother's brain. So how long does it take to wire a mother's brain? According to Dr. Bergman, it takes 20 hours of continuous skin-to-skin contact to make this wiring and mother to produce an attuned interaction, to produce an interaction that the mother and the baby read each other and become synchronous. Guys, this is absolutely amazing. Um, and you hear a whole lot about how first time moms especially are like 
Where is that motherly intuition? I don't understand my baby. I have no idea what my baby needs or wants. I thought I would just automatically know. And part of the problem of why mothers are so disconnected from their infants is because we're separating them at birth. And we say, oh, a few, uh, an hour of skin to skin is good enough. And then we're separating them, we're swaddling them, and we're putting them in a plastic box. Guys, we got to get our babies out of the plastic box and on to our skin. Um, so that's part of the reason why this is so important to me and one of my non-negotiables. I really want to make sure that my baby stays on me, skin to skin, um, honestly, for that 20 hours. Um, and I'm actually reaching out to Dr. Bergman so <laughs> to learn more about like, okay, 20 hours is a long time. So what kind of separation um, should there be if needed and things like that? But um, according to Dr. Bergman, uh, he does say that there should be zero separation of mother and baby um, at all. So um, he also talks about the father. I'm not going to go too deep into that, but he talks about how it takes about one hour um, to wire the father's brain. And that's with doing uh, skin to skin for an hour. So really, the golden hour is way more beneficial for dad because <laughs> they don't need as long to uh, do some rewiring in their brain. So that's a little reason why I want skin to skin with zero separation. I want any resuscitation if needed to be done on me. Um, I'm actually talking with my midwife about delaying um, newborn procedures that can't be done on me for 24 hours. So um, that's something else that we are in chats about. <laughs> uh, something else that I really am um, hoping to do is delayed cord clamping. So I really want to wait until it's completely white um, before clamping the cord. So that's really, really important for me. Um, in general, this does happen in home births. So not too worried about this not happening, but it is something that is really, really important to me um, that we don't cut the cord. And also no yanking on my placenta. <laughs> also, that is typically not done in home births. You'll see it more in the hospital. But as I mentioned before, you know, home births, and depending on your midwife, you know, sometimes you have to, they have to be reminded depending on the training that they have, they have also had. Um, my third thing is no vaginal checks. So I personally hate vaginal checks, even in labor. Um, I know a lot of moms are okay with doing vaginal checks to see where they are, where where they are in labor. And for me, not that important. I don't like them. Get your hands out of my vagina. <laughs> um, one, it's super uncomfortable. Usually, not but not always. A lot of times, people want you to go on your back to do vaginal checks, um, and it's just it it doesn't always tell you what you need to know. It's, it's, you know, not all vaginal checks are accurate. And I like to tell people that um, cervical dilation is up to the provider's interpretation. So um, one provider can come in and say, oh, you are eight centimeters dilated. And then another provider can come in and be like, actually, I believe she's six. And I, I have seen this happen more than more times than I can count where we're getting different answers from different providers on where mom is in her uh, dilation, her effacement, how low baby is, things like that. 
one of the reasons is because every woman's anatomy is different. Um, you're looking for certain points in the vagina to determine uh, where mama, where mom is in dilation, and that can just vary um, in a woman to woman and in provider to provider or midwife to midwife, doctor to doctor. So for me, battle text not really important. Uh, we will find out, you know, how I'm progressing. You can you can definitely tell how a woman is progressing, um, even from the outside, or if there's no progression at all um, that's happening. You can usually tell if there's something like very, very off. <clears throat> so um, those are my th- top three things that I'm just like, mm, no, <laughs> this is what I need, uh, or this is what I want to avoid. So some nice to haves, um, the nice, the nice things I would really love to happen in my birth, uh, is to have a home birth. You know, obviously things can get weird and maybe there might be a hospital transfer for some reason, right? Um, would that make or break my experience? Mm, probably not. It would probably be, I'd probably be sad because I wanted a home birth, but I think I would have, still have a good, um, experience as long as I felt supported and heard, <clears throat> especially since I do have the experience with the hospitals. Um, my other nice to have is for dad to catch the baby. Um, that also comes into play with the microbiome and also just kind of thinking that it's really cool to have the, you, you know, friends or family bring your baby into the world instead of, you know, a stranger that your baby will never really meet too much or too often afterwards. <laughs> um, actually, with my last birth, it was an accidental unassisted birth in the hospital. I delivered my daughter into the hands of my doula. And I just, I just having that experience, I thought it was really cool um, to just be like, oh, like a friend. And she's also my friend. My friend and my doula brought my daughter into this world. Like that is so cool. And now me and my doula have that special connection because my goodness, like she literally handed my baby to me. She brought, helped deliver her and bring her into my arms. And it was just really cool and really special. So, um, I won't have that same doula. Unfortunately, I, she's also pregnant and actually congratulations, Crystal, because she just had her baby not too long ago. (laughs) Um, so I am having dad catch baby, And I really kind of want a hands-off birth. Like, I don't want them, I don't want anyone hovering over me um, or anything like that during my birth. Um, So, so some other things that we're doing about my birth plan is that we are planning on um, having some babysitters for my kids to to be there, Um, just family, so that while I'm doing the home birth, like, they're taken care of. We, uh, some alternatives to that. So some people may not have family that they want to watch their other kids. So if you're listening to this and you're like planning your home birth or planning your birth in general, um, there is something called sibling doulas where they come to home births and they actually specifically doula the kids. Um, so if you didn't know about that, now you do. <laughs> we are not going to have a sibling doula, but uh, we will have family watching over the kids. Um, I have labor snacks prepared for birth. Um, I made a labor aid, which is like a lemonade, but it's hydrating. (laughs) So it actually contains uh, coconut 
water, some lemonade and trace minerals, some honey, a little bit of salt in it um, to keep me hydrated and give me potassium and electrolytes during labor. And you guys can actually find that recipe if you're interested in my Instagram, uh, not stories, what are they called? The Instagram highlights. Yeah, Instagram highlights. So if you guys are interested in knowing what that recipe is for labor aid, um, you can check out my stories and get that recipe. Um, I've also prepared postpartum snacks for afterwards. We will be having a postpartum doula after my birth as well, as that's something that's really, really important to me is being able to recover postpartum. Um, so I've got postpartum snacks ready. We are also planning on, or we're trying to <laughs> meal prep uh, as well so that we don't have to worry about food too much after. So there you guys have it. That is my birth plan for baby number six. Um, it's not extensive. It's not long. Uh, I do recommend that if you have a home birth that you also make a hospital birth plan, which we do have. So um, there is a plan in case I do have to have a hospital uh, transfer, right, for any reason, including which hospital I'm going to be going to if needed. Um, and also packing a hospital birth bag um, for a home birth as well in case you need to do a hospital transfer because if you want your husband to try to find where the hospital birth materials you need for a hospital birth, uh, <laughs> you trust him to do that, go ahead. But if not, I definitely suggest that you pack a hospital birth bag as well just for a backup so that you don't have to be worrying about that um, afterwards for a birth your birth. And I think that is pretty much it for my birth plan. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, and the next time I talk to you guys, because this is actually going to be the last episode of the season, and then I will be coming back in the fall and I will talk about how my birth went. If you want to know how my birth goes before the next episode, you guys can follow me on Instagram and, you know, keep up with me there. So that's all for today. If you want to show your support for this podcast, please leave a review if you're loving what you hear and let others know by leaving a five-star uh, rating on the podcast platform of your choice. <clears throat> um, you can also take a screenshot of you listening to the podcast and share in your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us at Fruit of the Womb Birth. There's only one B, guys. One day I will change that. <laughs> but Fruit of the Womb Birth. Um, you can also become a listener supporter. I do, I create these episodes and it's for free. Like, I don't get paid for this um, unless it's like you guys buying from affiliate links. But um, creating these episodes do take time. So you can become a listener supporter and support future episodes um, with a monetary, monetary donation. Um, and that is all for today. And I can't wait to see you guys in the fall and update you on how my birth went. Talk to you guys later. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode. But remember, our journey together is far from its conclusion. Ensure you tap that notification bell to stay in the loop about upcoming episodes. Don't forget the valuable resources waiting for you in the podcast description. Also, do you love this podcast? 
Show your love by leaving a stellar five-star review, spreading the word across your social circles, or even becoming a listener supporter, contributing financially to sustain this podcast's existence. If a specific topic tickles your fancy or you aspire to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to submit your ideas via the link in the podcast description. And to all you incredible women who are expecting or planning to conceive, I'm well aware that fears around childbirth can be overwhelming. From concerns about hospital procedures to coping mechanisms during labor, I've got your back. What's even better is that you can now access your free guide on mastering five techniques to conquer the fear of birth. As a bonus, discover a collection of mindfulness tools curated to quell anxiety and fear during pregnancy and childbirth. The guide's link awaits you in the podcast description. Live long, loud, and in prosperity, dear members of the Rebel Birth Crew. Until we cross paths again, thrive unapologetically.